0: Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources that remind you you're not alone. In this episode number 238, I'm chatting with singer songwriter JJ Heller. When we keep things locked up inside of our
1: hearts, we can't heal. And so I just love encouraging people to find one or two safe people in your life who you can be totally, completely, brutally honest with. And then you'll find yourself getting a little bit stronger and that your fear or your struggle or whatever it is that you're dealing with will have less power. And then maybe you can look for somebody else to tell. And then eventually you will stand back in amazement as you see God using your your weakness, your story of brokenness to bring healing and comfort to people all around you. Because I think we so often believe the lie that we're alone and it's just not true.
0: JJ speaking our language, guys, she's reminding us that it's so much better when we bring these apparent weaknesses into the light and become a blessing to those around us. And today, JJ's inviting us in to some of her harder places, her struggle with fear panic attacks. She's also going to share some apparent disappointments in her life that have been directional in her career and where God's leading her next when it comes to balancing career and family and how she's trusting God in that. We're going to talk through some of the songs she's written, how God's led her to these beautiful lullabies and how they've ministered to others and She's been sharing singles every month if you follow her online. And one single we're going to talk about is a song, Big Love, Small Moments, which fits with our community of moms to encourage us that God sees. He sees everything you do and it matters. Stick around the end of the show. We'll have a clip from that song. You definitely want to check out the show notes where we have a link to the music video that JJ and I talk about. Before we get to all that, I want to remind you about a really cool conference that's coming up. I shared about it last week and even last year I was a part of this conference. They're doing it again. It's the Enjoy God's Word Women's Bible Conference. It's happening April 23rd through 25th this year. No worries if you're busy that day because this is an online conference. The gloriousness is one, you can wear your PJs. Two, you can watch whenever fits your schedule and you have access to it forever. Once you get a ticket, go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash enjoy God's word. And you can check out my friend Katie Orr, who will be teaching six main sessions on the book of Philippians. And then you can scan 25 different breakouts, including one that I'll be doing on how God empowers us to activate his word into the world, to co-labor with him and share. I'm sharing some of the things I've been learning about prayer and the authority we've been given. It's super exciting. So go check that out over at don'tmomalone.com forward slash enjoy God's word. Get your ticket though. If you're thinking about coming, get it before March 19th. This is your warning on March 19th, the price goes up. But right now, if you get your ticket, you're going to save $20. All right. Let me know if you get a ticket and let's get to my chat with JJ. Here we go. Hey, JJ, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Well, it's thrilling for me. I always love chatting with different women who are doing, you're in your lane. You're doing what God has created you to do. And I love sharing you with those who listen. So thanks for taking time today. Totally. And you have some kiddos. I always have my guests introduce their family. Would you do that for us? Yes.
1: So I have two little girls. My oldest is 10, which is so hard to wrap my brain around. (laughs) That double digits. Yeah. Wow. So her name is Lucy and she's in fourth grade and her favorite thing in life is talking. So we have (laughs) interesting conversations (laughs) with her all the time. Um, And then I have another little girl named Nora and she is seven and she's in first
0: grade. Love it. Lucy was one of my girl names. That's. Beautiful. Oh, yes. Lucy and Audrey. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, Maybe granddaughters someday. Maybe. Yes. (laughs) Use your (laughs) influence. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm going for. All right. You've had this career. You've released so many different albums. But take us back. How did you even get into creating music? Were you always a musician? I always loved music, but I grew up in a family that was
1: more into sports. Mm. So I asked to have piano lessons when I was little. So I started that when I was five and I always loved singing. So I was in the choir at church and school, but my dad coached a whole bunch of stuff. My mom played sports in college and taught PE for a while. So, I mean, it was a very athletic family Mm. and, and I, I loved it. I love sports and- I got really into it and basketball was my favorite. And so my dream when I was little was to grow up and play basketball in college. And I sang in a vocal ensemble in high school, but I I didn't get very many solos. I was just kind of part of the choir. And so I thought, well, I really like singing, but apparently I'm better at sports. So that'll just be my thing. And I will enjoy music, but that won't be my focus. So I worked really hard at basketball and was... By the end of my senior year, I was the most valuable player of my whole league. Um, Congratulations. It, it, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny. I was right. just reflecting on this the other day that uh, that, that was my world yeah. When yeah. I, when I was in high school. And now... I literally think about playing basketball maybe once every year, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so not a part of my life anymore, but it was so important to me then, mm-hmm. uh, w- which is fine, but it's just interesting how life progresses and and priorities change. And so anyhow, I went to a little Christian college my freshman year, and I had these big hopes and dreams that maybe I would be the most valuable player of my league in college by the end of my senior year. And, and as the freshman year season progressed, I realized that this dream was not ever Mm. going to happen. um, Because all of a sudden, I couldn't make a basket to save my life. I didn't really feel like I fit in with the girls on the team. Mm -hmm. I just felt like everything was kind of falling apart and I didn't know why. And no amount of me working hard was changing anything. And I was so frustrated because here I was in the middle of my dreams coming true. And yet they weren't (laughs) at all. And it wasn't what I thought it was going to be and at the end of the season i had the worst shooting percentage on my whole team I <laughs> and i just decided that i wasn't going to play basketball anymore and so the summer following that year i had this really kind of life altering moment where you know i was just trying to figure out who was i if i wasn't the girl with the letterman's jacket and all the pins and I already, like I knew the Lord at that, at that point, um, I grew up in a Christian home, so I had my faith, but I was kind of angry at God because Mm -hmm. it felt like he just pulled the rug out from under me that I had been working towards this goal for most of my life. And it just totally collapsed all around me. And so I went on a missions trip, uh, with my college that following summer and, you know, I was trying to figure out like my identity and there's so many things happening in my life. And, um, while I was there, I wrote my first song with some of the girls on my missions team and I learned how to play the guitar. And it, (laughs) it was like the very tiniest beginning of a new dream that God, Was starting to grow in me. And it's so interesting. I mean, hindsight is totally 2020 because looking back, I can see how all of those things were coming together. Um, how, you know, if I hadn't have failed miserably my freshman year of basketball, then I wouldn't have given songwriting a second thought because I would have been sure for my plan for my own life, And it was only because that dream died that there was enough room in my heart for God to do something even better and bigger and infinitely more wonderful than anything that I could ever imagine. Um, And so I kind of like tripped and fell into music. And then even at that point, it was just a very slow Build. Um, I was constantly surprised when I would write a song and play it for a girl in my dorm room, and and she would give me positive feedback and say, "Wow, I really like that song." And like, it felt like you read my journal. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, that's exactly how I feel. And. And then I met my husband shortly after that, and we started playing music together. And we were still in college. Um, this was like 1999. <laughs> speaking my language, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it was still something fun that we were doing on the side, um, playing at coffee shops and open mic nights. And and every time somebody would connect with my music, I would. I it was like a shock to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was just. People just kept giving positive feedback to the point that when my husband Dave and I got engaged, we were praying about what we should do with our lives after we graduated from college and got married and we decided to give music a shot for a year just give it a year and and then reassess at the end. And so that's what we did. We we met in California, in San Jose, where I grew up, and we got married there. And then we moved to Phoenix, where Dave grew up. And that's where we started our, our music career, in the musical mecca of Phoenix, Arizona.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, God can do anything, right? Three. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, you know, our standards of
0: living were so low at that time. Just right. coming out
1: of college life. Like we were used to macaroni and cheese yeah. and cheese quesadilla and like any meal you can buy from a box and like mm-hmm. add milk to and, ramen, you know, yes, yes mm-hmm. exactly. So it was, you know, a, a really slow start for us. But again, it was just like just enough encouragement to keep going. And that was, let's see, 16 years ago almost.
0: So wow. yeah, it's it's been quite the adventure. I think what you just did is gave encouragement to the mom who uh, maybe is seeing one strength in her kid or maybe she has a strength and she's hoping her child will take it on and just trusting that God has this much bigger plan and even through rejections and apparent failures, he is directing our steps and taking us where he wants us to go to do the things he wants us to do. And um, I had... One gal who listens comment, she said, can you just ask JJ why she wants us all to cry our eyes out when we (laughs) listen to her songs? And you said that when you just mentioned you would share these songs with gals in your dorm or whatever that were like, did you read that out of my journal? And there's this depth of feeling that you carry and transmit through your songs that I think helps others put words and emotion to what's going on in their life that they may not have been able to communicate. And so that's a gift in itself. And it's funny to think that a high school basketball star also has this amazing connection to feelings and, you know, and communicating about emotions. So I love it. I love all of that. Do you feel like there's something God put in you that allows you to connect with your own emotion and help draw that out of others?
1: Yes, I think so. And as I get into my late (laughs) thirties, I just feel like I'm learning more and more about who I am Mm -hmm. and, and how I can get really upset at my bad qualities. Um, and really frustrated with myself, but I feel like the Lord is teaching me that he can even redeem those negative aspects of who I am. And for example, I am very much a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and I can fall into the trap of trying to figure out, okay, who does this person want me to be? And I will become that person. I will say what I need to say to make them like me
0: And not necessarily lying and making up stories. No, I call it my chameleon side. Like, I'll be what you need me to be in that moment. And there's something helpful in that right?
1: Yes. Yeah, totally. But it can also be something negative. And I think because I can do that, I'm also able to put myself in somebody else's shoes Mm -hmm. and to imagine what it's like to feel what they feel. And because of that, I think it, it's what also allows me to be a good songwriter. Mm -hmm. And, and so we all have these strengths, and weaknesses and i'm just learning that instead of like beating myself up about why am i like this like she doesn't have that issue to just recognize that we all have our thing um mm-hmm. and how god is just so good at taking those weaknesses and and turning them into strength and so for example when i was first married i Started to struggle with anxiety and it kind of like built up and built up until I started to have panic attacks. And then I started to have more and more and more panic attacks uh, multiple times every day. And I would pray every night that. I would wake up in the morning and I would never have another panic attack again because, you know, sometimes God answers prayers that way. Just totally, completely, instantly. And yet that is not how he chose to answer (laughs) my prayer, much to my disappointment. Um, Instead, it was just a very, very long journey of like gradually getting better every day and, and learning to trust God and learning to, to trust myself, um, learning to trust that God has given me what I need to get through each day. So it was in the middle of that, that Dave and I wrote a song with a friend about, you know, where is God when we're suffering? And when we ask him for something, why doesn't he give it to us? You know? Mm. And, um, So we wrote that song. And then about a year later, a girl used that song for her audition for the show, So You Think You Can Dance. Mm -hmm. And I think about 7 million people watched that episode, which was just, you know, especially at that point in my career, it was just insane. And like one thing led to another and it ended up on Christian radio stations all over the country, uh, Mm -hmm. which just does not happen. Normally you have to hire a radio promoter and you pay them every month and they kind of lobby to the radio stations and say like, Hey, have you heard this JJ Heller song? And like, you should play it. But none of that happened. It was just a man who worked at a station, watched the show, liked my song, started playing it. And then it just caught on. And because of that, people started calling into the radio station and saying, thank you for playing that song. That's exactly what I needed to hear right now because I'm going through this difficult thing in my life. And and the song is all about finding hope and knowing that God is faithful, that um, the lyric says, when my world is shaking, heaven stands. And when my heart is breaking, I never leave your hands. So for me, the song came out of such a broken place. So to hear all of those stories over the last you know, uh, probably 10 years now. Um, It's such a gift to me. And it makes me think about that time when I was so frustrated with God that he was allowing the pain to continue in my life. But I'm able to see now the hindsight thing again, that he was able to use that pain and turn it into a song and then use that song in the lives of hundreds of thousands of people to remind them of his goodness and his faithfulness and his kindness and, and to bring them hope. And, uh, it's uh, amazing to me how the Lord takes our weakness and he redeems it. He turns our brokenness
0: into something beautiful. Love it. And y'all I'll link to that song so you can go check it out if you haven't heard it already. I'm sure you have you just you am sure you've heard it on the radio. Sure. Yeah, it was it was it was a while ago. If if, <laughs> if you're in your 20s maybe not. I will link to it and you know you talked about leaning on God and trusting God and trusting yourself. And I also know cuz a lot of women reach out to me who are plagued by fear and anxiety and have these episodes you, you sought out counseling and How we Mm -hmm. need to let ourselves do that, that in those places, the enemy wants to keep us locked in shame, that there was power when you started telling people about the anxiety you were feeling, even releasing that song probably released a little bit of the shame that the enemy wanted to hold you in isolation. And then just talking to someone, having a professional who walked you through that. What do you have to say to encourage someone who's on the fence? They're feeling those panic episodes, but they don't know what to do about it.
1: Yeah, well it's interesting because as I started slowly healing and panic had less of a hold on my heart, I felt like God was asking me to start talking about it. You know, I, I just kept feeling it in my soul, like, okay, now tell people. And, and at first, you know, I just wanted to tell the people close to me. And I did, but then it just felt like God was saying like, okay, now talk about it from stage. Mm. And I was terrified because it feels so vulnerable. And I was afraid of being judged. I was afraid of being told that I didn't have enough faith, um, that I wasn't trusting God with my life. And But yet I just couldn't shake the feeling that I needed to tell my story. And so I started talking about it. And honestly, like I haven't stopped talking about it since because I've seen the power of you know, putting those things out into the light because every single time I talk about panic and anxiety, there's at least one person who comes up to me afterwards and says, thank you so much for talking about that because that is my story too. And I have felt like I was the only one. And I think that that's the thing when we keep things locked up inside of our hearts we can't heal. And so I just love encouraging people to find one or two safe people in your life who you can be totally completely brutally honest with. And then you'll you'll find yourself getting a little bit stronger and and that your fear or your struggle or whatever it is uh, that you're dealing with will have less power. And then maybe you can look for somebody else to tell. And then eventually you will stand back in amazement as you see God using your, your weakness, your story of brokenness to bring healing and comfort to people all around you. Because I think We so often believe the lie that we're alone and it's just not true. And like you were saying, for for a lot of us, um, that safe person could be a professional counselor. And I love counseling (laughs) and I have been to my fair share of counseling. There's something really healing about talking to somebody who has wisdom and who is going to give you an
0: honest, you know, be an honest sounding board for you. An objective view. Hey, y'all, I'm jumping in here. I have the privilege of sharing one of this month's sponsors with you. It's Prepdish, and I've shared them with you before. But just recently, I've been getting some comments from people saying, Heather, I didn't know that it was a subscription meal planning service for specialty diets. Our family isn't on a specialty diet, so this doesn't really help us. Well, Prepdish offers paleo, gluten free, and now keto. Meal plans, but your family doesn't have to be on one of those diets to benefit from Prep Dish. My family isn't on any of those diets, but my boys love meat and vegetables and fruits. And so the paleo option has been great. And if I feel like my boys are extra hungry and need some sort of carb added to that, I just throw that into the cart, a bag of rolls, not a big deal. Or I switch out regular rice for the cauliflower rice. It's simple swaps, but What Prep Dish does for me is it adds variety and health to my meal planning, and it simplifies it so I don't have to think. This last week, I made a gumbo, which I've never done before, and it was so easy with sausage and shrimp, and my boys ate all of it. It was so yummy. So if you want to check it out for yourself, see if it fits for your family, you can try it out for free by going to PrepDish.com forward slash D-M-A. Not a big deal if it's not a match for you, but it's working for me. It's simplifying my life. And I wanted to share it with y'all. PrepDish.com forward slash DMA. All right, let's get back to my chat with JJ. Here we go. So you said this started when you got married. Talk to me about the transition. You're already recording music, your song. I think if I'm doing the math correctly, that song went, quote unquote, viral around the time you had your first daughter. Yes. Okay. Uh So, how did that transition as these things are taking off? There's so many moms who listen are like trying to sort out these assignments outside the home and reconcile them with the assignments of motherhood. So, what was that process like for you?
1: Oh, it was hard. (laughs) Um, I think, especially for me, um, a lot of my anxiety was wrapped up in being a mom. I didn't grow up around any babies really. Mm. And so a lot of my fears were wondering if I was going to know how to do it, you know? And then a lot of those anxieties were put to rest once I actually had a baby and realized, Oh my goodness, I love this child. And a lot of it just comes really naturally, but it was really interesting timing because as I had my first baby, my career just took off in an unexpected way. And so, you know, strategically speaking, that should have been the time when like I hit the ground running and just did tour after tour and did like radio interviews and, Mm. you know, pushed really hard, but I didn't want to do that. And so it was just kind of trying to find the balance between honoring this Huge gift of publicity that God had, you know, just dropped into my lap, but then also honoring my new title of being a mom. And I think I'm learning that it's just, it's different for everybody. And some moms, I think it's important for their soul to work and to be productive. And it doesn't mean that they love their children any less. And then, you know, some, some moms, like they, they just really need to be with their kids for most of the day. And, and that's what, you know, brings their soul to life. And, and so for me, it was just kind of finding that, that balance of, you know, recognizing God has given me this platform and these songs to share and I've seen him use it in people's lives so I know that there's value in that but I also feel like I need to honor my family and and my children I remember you know as soon as we had Lucy I started praying that that God would just give us wisdom that we would know it was time to stop playing music when we couldn't find a way to keep our family healthy. Mm. And, and I just, you know, that's always been my prayer, like, Lord, give us wisdom. And it's interesting because about a year and a half ago, uh, my husband and I were, you know, still doing a bunch of touring and uh, flying all around the country, playing shows And for the first time in my children's lives, they started becoming really sad right Mm -hmm. before we would leave. And they, Mm -hmm. they started to ask us not to go, Mm -hmm. uh, which just, you know, ripped my heart out. Um, and the thing is my husband, Dave and I, we write all of our songs together and he plays the guitar when we're on stage and, and we love telling stories on stage and it's very much the the two of us. So whenever I go play a show, he's with me. And so when we leave, our kids are home and we are gone and we've always had a full-time nanny and they've always been so wonderful. So it surprised me when it got to a point where they, they were so sad because that had never been an issue before. And so we just started praying about it. And we looked at our schedule and our finances and we just thought, you know what? I think we need to just really pull back off of the road. And so hmm. this year 2019 I'm calling it our hibernation year. Hmm. Um where we're just really hunkering down and being together as a family and spending time together and I think you know when I was a young mom and my kids were itty bitty I looked ahead to this time when both of my kids were going to be in school full time and I thought it's going to be so much easier to hit the road because they're going to have their own little lives going they're you know becoming more and more self sufficient they can make themselves their own food now right, it's in- right. it's incredible yeah. but it's not like I feel like they need me home more than they ever have before mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. their emotional needs are ramping up and I just realized that when they are ready to have those important conversations that I want to be the one here to have them. And I don't want to leave it up to their nanny (laughs) to do that. And you can't force those conversations. They just kind of come up spontaneously. And so I want to be present and available for them. And, and so it's kind of this new season and I don't know if it's going to stay this way, but
0: you know, I'm just, we're just kind of taking it a year at a time and praying for wisdom. I love that dependency because there's not a formula. There's not one way. So many women doing so many different things. My husband, the other day, I think the phrase stay at home mom, work outside the home mom came up and he said, can't we just call everybody moms? Mm. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. Yeah. Let's totally. just call everybody moms because we all want to do the best job that we can do. And that's where your dependency and and this season of trusting and hibernation. And I would think that a lot of these this next set of albums, this volume one and volume two, the lullabies, wouldn't happen if you didn't have kids and you weren't in the season. Is that true? Did they inspire, you know, even this next place God has you?
1: Yes. And this is, I feel like there's a theme. Uh (laughs) The way that God works in my life is like, slamming doors in my face um, (laughs) and me like grieving it and him saying, well, I close this door because I want you to do something that's even more beautiful than what you imagined. Mm. And so in the case of the lullabies, what happened was that first song, your hands miraculously ended up on radio stations. It was on the billboard charts, which is
0: just like, I like you you have to say only God, right? At the, totally. some of t- these moments, there's just a yes. humbling in that place. It, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: and then a year later, we pitched another song to radio called What Love Really Means. And that was on the Billboard charts as well. And, and then I thought, you know, everybody talks about this radio thing being really hard, but all you have to do is just give them a song and they play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you know, we, we had hired radio promoters at that point. And so after that second song, we pitched another song and all of the stations said, we like the song, but we don't think it's going to fit on our playlist. And, you know, so we said, that's okay. What about this song? No, we don't really want that song. That's okay. What about this song? And it was probably at least three years of that. Uh. Um, and of rejection after rejection after rejection and it's so hard because it's not a hard no it's well we might add it we really like mm-hmm. it there might be room on the playlist next month and so they just kind of string you along not because they're mean but that's just the way that it that it yeah. is yeah. and in the meantime i'm just feeling more and more discouraged and then this like root of bitterness starts to grow in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Like I turn on Christian radio and I hear the songs that they're playing and uh and like the evilness in my own heart is saying, like, why are they playing that song? Right, right. Uh, You know, like I want That's them to like my song. And yeah. and then the comparison thing flares up. And so Finally, I just said, I can't handle this anymore. Um, Like my soul is dying. So we need to just like take a step back because what I was trying to do was like, how can I write a song that will change somebody's life? And Mm. um, how can I recreate that magic that happened with your hands? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And to the point where like, I didn't even want to write songs anymore mm. because it was like, I was trying to crack this impossible code and it was way too much pressure. And so I just knew we needed to step back from it. And I was, you know, a new mom at that point. So I thought, okay, what if we stopped writing all of these like theological songs, um, and just write lullabies for our children. And I thought, you know, what, what do I want my kids to hear as they're falling asleep? What do I want to have sung over them? And, and so we just wrote songs of truth and peace and love and hope. And what started out as kind of a side project became something that my heart is so invested in now it's it's been incredible to hear the ways that God has used that symbol album of lullabies to man, there's a story of a of a soldier um in Afghanistan who would listen to one of my lullabies at night when he couldn't sleep. Mm. um and it was the only thing that would calm his heart as he's hearing these you know these gunshots in the distance. and we've heard a story from. A family who fosters children and many of their foster kids have medical needs um, and the mom is a nurse. And so all of these children um, that have, you know, extra special things that need to be cared for are placed with this family and and I got this letter just saying that they started fostering kids and they love it and uh, but many times the, the babies and children that come to them have been severely neglected or starved or they're born addicted to drugs just really hard like children who have had trauma in their in their short lives already and how for them it's it's really hard for them to fall asleep and so I got this letter saying that um the dad of the family was searching through Apple Music lullabies and and one of my songs came on and and the baby that he was holding just immediately calmed down. And then he looked up more of my songs and now they play my lullabies for all of their foster children that come through. And he said that it works for every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes me like my eyes well up with tears, like even now, just talking about it, knowing how God is bringing peace into these homes and these families um, all across the country and, and the world. And, and how, you know, here I was thinking, this is just a side project. It's, it's not going to be super meaningful. And God just took it and is moving through it and offering peace and, and comfort.
0: Uh, it just, it's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible to when me. When I think about A phrase I heard once that says the enemy attacks at our place of destiny and all those years that you spent without peace with the anxiety and that you personally can understand what that feels like and that your songs would be a way to minister peace is beautiful. I think about David and all the emotions he felt, how he grieved uh, so strongly and felt so strongly. And yet his songs were the thing that would calm King Saul. And so uh, there is this power in the fact that God doesn't waste any of our pain. And even though the enemy tries to trip us up uh, and attack at our place of destiny, that God is triumphant. And so it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I love that that is where God has you with these lullabies and ministering to families and soldiers in battle. And, and then you have your girls who are like, can you just be home with us this year? Which is <laughs> yeah. of like... Another, you know, piece that he's going to bring to your hearts in that resting in him and what he's going to do with these albums, that it's not dependent on your hustling or some formula that you need to X, Y, and Z, but that you just lean on him to do the work while you do the things right in front of you that he's called you to do. So beautiful. There's one of the songs on the new album, Volume 2, that I want to talk about. It's called Big Love, Small Moments.
1: Oh, wait. Wait. It's actually sorry. Um, that uh, is that, that one on song, the first one? No, it was released as a single. Oh, this year, so it's not a part of the album. That's just its own thing. It is its own thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love but it. But it. it's the same theme. I mean, yeah, it totally fits with all this that you're talking <laughs> yes. about. That
0: yes. and even this encouragement, especially to the audience we're talking to today, that uh, there's so much mundane that fits in with motherhood and. Just this encouragement to find the magic in it, to see the sacred. Talk to us about that song and your inspiration for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of my listeners are moms and they're moms of little babies who, you know, are doing the same tasks over and over, changing diapers, washing bottles, washing dishes, doing laundry. And it can feel really isolating. And, you know, especially if you're, if you're scrolling through Instagram and you're seeing all of these like movers and shakers who like, I renovated
0: my home or or, (laughs) like, I run a non-for profit. That's my always go-to. Yeah.
1: Yes, totally. And then you can look at your own life and feel like, okay, well, I fed my child today and I might vacuum the house tomorrow, you know, and it's easy to think that the work that you're doing is unimportant. And so I wanted to write a song just as a reminder that that God sees the work that you're doing and he is so delighted. Like I think that God delights in mothers and I think it brings him joy you know, every time you feed your child or you play with them or you put them down for a nap time, that that is worship. And He is so pleased with you. And so to kind of move through our days knowing that and knowing that God is smiling, um, it just helps me to have eyes to see the beauty around me and to like also find joy in, in the little moments, um, like getting ready for school in the morning when it's easy to just kind of rush around and to get things done, which is my tendency. I feel like God's really putting it on my heart to slow down and to play, to find moments, to be silly and to laugh with my children. And, and so that's
0: what the song big love, small moments is all about. And you may, uh, you had a video made which i think communicates that yes there are there are these beautiful moments that we want to capture but sometimes even the hardest moments are super beautiful and holy because the video integrates the birth of a child and then also Jennifer Noraki is that how you say her last name I think so yeah um who is battling cancer right now um and she has three young boys and it's her with her family and these moments that she's sharing, and the the dichotomy of new life and watching her as her life is uh, coming to a close, that we can see beauty in both. It's just astounding. so tell us a little bit about how you all decided to do that. Uh, well, we uh,
1: my husband and I have um, kind of formed a partnership with this amazingly talented photographer and videographer named Joy Prouty, and we made a music video with her for another one of my lullabies um, called Hand to Hold, and just her footage is just spectacular and and magical and whimsical. And, and so we wanted to make a video for our song, Big Love, Small Moments. And so um, she allowed us to just look through her portfolio. And my husband found these two video shoots that she did with two different families. And it was his idea to put both of those stories into this one music video. And at first I was wondering, is this going to work? Does Mm. this even make sense? Mm. Because it's such a contrast of, of new life and then fighting against death. But there's so much power in it. And I feel like it's profound that God gives us these moments of joy, whether we're celebrating new life or we're just holding sacred the moments in our life that may or may not be our last moments. But then there's all the time in between. And I feel like that's where most of us are living now. We're living between birth and the end of our life and just seeing both of these families celebrate those small moments is a a good reminder for me to live each moment of my life as a celebration and with gratitude in my heart. Do you know Jeannie Cunyon?
0: I don't. Mm -mm. So she's an author and she's been on the show a few times. Y'all can go check out her episodes. But she just shared on Instagram something that kind of changed my whole night, honestly. And I have a weekend coming up where my husband's going to be gone with some on a guy's trip. And so I think it's hopefully going to change my weekend. But she quoted the Fuller Youth Institute. And she said that the one factor that's more correlated to transmitting our faith to our kids is the warmth of our families, the temperature in our homes. And so you're here, you're talking about, you know, how am I cultivating that joy? And seeing the magic and considering every small moment as sacred. There's also this, you know, what's the tone of my voice around my kids? Is it this grace-filled, unconditional love of God that permeates or, uh, and that, that welcomes weakness because we all are very aware of our weakness? and, and Or does it withdraw from them? Or does it, is it quick to say, I'm sorry, um, or point out when they're wrong? extravagant grace um, or criticism and so just it really was a good reminder like you're saying to love big and all these little moments of our day that add up and to cultivate that warmth you know y'all are in the freezing cold in Nashville and other places (laughs) in the world but she was just saying like turning up her thermostat reminded her like how am I turning up the thermostat in our home and it's really a small thing to keep in mind as we're going about our days that can sometimes drag us down. Or I know for me, I can think of all the things I haven't done or all the places I've failed. But if I could just put my energy into not so much looking around and comparing to the other moms who are X, Y, and Zing, and thinking that because I didn't do that, I've missed out. But more thinking about what I can control, which is my ability to pass out love and grace in my home. And then I can go to bed at night just knowing, okay, I did that. I set that tone for our family and provided grace when, you know, grace being unmerited when it wasn't merited. So. Right. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so good to kind of create a sense in our home that of belonging Mm -hmm. and compassion rather than perfection. I mean, to just make our children feel like they can be who they are and it's a safe place rather than they have to perform or meet some, some standard of
0: expectation. Gosh, that's such a good reminder. Yeah. Well, I am thankful that you are living out your life, following God, despite rejection of seeing his direction in that. And Uh, trusting him with those next steps, even as you choose your hibernation year. Thanks for being with us today. Truly, Yeah, totally. Thank you for having me. And I can point everyone to your site, jjheller.com. That is right. Okay. And they'll check out your albums. So many good things. We didn't even get to all of it. You shared some testimonies of what God's done with the lullabies, but just some really cool things with different charities and places that God's used it so y'all go check out her blog her site I'll link to some posts about her um, sharing about her anxiety with some links for some helpful resources but thanks JJ really appreciate it yeah thank you
2: heartbeats only happen one at a time one at a time
1: you can't rush a moment So don't even try,
2: don't even try
0: Thanks y'all for joining us today. We have definitely put all those things in the show notes. If you're looking for them, if you want to look at that Instagram post I just referenced from Jeannie Cunyon, maybe that's what stuck out to you. I don't know what of this conversation stuck out to you, whether you identify with JJ's struggle with anxiety attacks. I know I can identify Uh, if you're looking for encouragement there, whether Something has been a disappointment and you're looking for God's direction in it. Maybe you're hoping something happens and you're having to trust God. Whatever it is, I pray that this conversation was an encouragement to you. I'm going to pray a blessing over us. Lord, I pray for the gal who's listening, that she would feel your embrace, that she would know her actions in her home matter, that the places you've assigned her whatever suffering, whatever hardship, whatever blessing, that you are there in it and that you are the one who will provide for her in it. I pray that you would help her to increase the warmth in her home if that's what she um, heard today. I pray that you would help her to recognize those small moments with big love, the potential that's there, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in a way to provide a peace that passes understanding, that you would be her shepherd and her guide, that she would remember that Jesus with you, your burden is easy, your yoke is easy, and your burden is light. And I praise you, God, that she's taken this time to refocus on you. I thank you for JJ's work, how it has ripple effects across the globe. I pray for each person who listens to her songs and is ministered to. I pray for JJ and her family, I pray a blessing over their choices to pull back and for modeling that for the rest of us, that we can lean into you and make choices that may not make sense to the rest of the world, uh, that you don't have to explain them, that we can trust you in the midst of them. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to guide us, that we could trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all. I don't know about you, but it's spring break in Texas, so we'll be traveling this week. Um, If you haven't noticed I am not consuming Instagram during Lent and I'm just letting you know in case you have left a comment or a DM and I'm not responding I'm not ignoring you I've just chosen to do that in this season and um, I'm finding I do have a lot more time but my VA will be posting on Instagram different posts and sharing there uh, but I didn't want you to think I was ignoring you you can find me over at DontMomAlone.com and all of uh, the places that are Don't Mom Alone. I hope that you have a fabulous, fabulous week. Adios. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, he said when he left, he was gonna leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that is super power. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present and with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.
2: Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them.